Deep down in your gut, you know there's more to life than waking up for school or work, going through the motions just to get by, and living for the weekend. But you're still scared and uncertain about what your true purpose in life is. Welcome to the Free Time Podcast, your very own community and virtual support group created to help you leverage your free time as a valuable asset so you can start to improve your mindset, learn self-empowerment skills, and ultimately find true fulfillment to move you towards the incredible life that was specifically created for you to live. This is more than a podcast dropping three episodes a week. This is a movement built around real people sharing real stories focused on helping you make the most of your life by becoming super intentional with your time. Brought to you by your host, Carl Sona. I think improv classes, like even if you're not interested in the talent industry, yeah. those are the best classes for making you feel uncomfortable. They put you on the spot. Yeah. You have that freedom to be goofy. And if you don't have a correct answer, it's okay. Now, before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. We're on a mission to build a movement here around the topics of self-empowerment, mental health, and personal fulfillment. These are all some really big topics that we all deal with as human beings, but also they're topics that will look a little different for each of us as individuals. And so I'd love to put a name with the face and learn more about who you are and where you are currently along your journey. So I'm super excited to announce that I'm offering free 15-minute Zoom phone calls with me in order for us to get better acquainted. If you're at all interested in this, please hit the link to my calendar in the show notes below to sign up for a time, and I'll see you there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our episode today. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Carl Sona here with another episode of the Free Time Podcast. I'm so excited today for my guest. I'm actually joined by the lovely Linda Nicole at Cathexis. Linda is the founder and CEO of Cathexis Talent. It's an awesome company, talent acquisition staffing company here in Denver, Colorado, that specifically focuses on not only pairing talent such as actors, actresses, models with gigs, but also cultivating personal development and um, growth as far as living a true and fulfilled life. So Linda, thank you so much for having me here today. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, I don't know you well. To give the audience a little bit of context, you and I happened to bump into each other about a month ago at Denver Starter Week, which was awesome. I don't know, something about your personality and your vibe was just so authentic and just so vibrant. I was like, I got to know who this young lady is. So we got into a great conversation and it turned out that we had a ton of commonality with regard to like some books we had read and just mindset. And I'm so curious. Um, you know, if I had to put you into one word, I would describe you as altruistic, meaning, you know, everything that you seem to do from what I can tell already in our new relationship is really focused on lifting up others. And that's really what we're trying to do here today on the Free Time Podcast is how do we level other people up to like, you know, their best and, you know, version of themselves and like their true potential. And so I'm so curious where that passion developed and how you really got started on that mission. So if you don't mind telling us a little bit about that, I think that'd be great to hear. I think that some of the opportunities that I got that just opened up a lot of doors, yeah. I wanted to do the same for other people and kind of help open some doors that they couldn't 
do by themselves or it might take a little bit longer if they didn't have that help. Yeah. So like in your own personal journey, like how did you get started along modeling? Because I, I know you've got some background modeling. Were you an aspiring model and there just weren't agencies that were opening up those doors as you describe? And so you decided to go off and do it on your own or what did that look like for you specifically? So I did a few modeling gigs that kind of just stumbled into it and okay. then I did it throughout college. And then after I graduated college, I was working in a hospital and during that time I was booking talent for gigs like conventions and stuff for free. Yeah. And it was just taking up a lot of my time. So I decided I should be getting paid for it. And <laughs> started it there. I love that. I love that. Kudos to you for like realizing, hey, like I'm providing a crap ton of value. Like why am I not connecting the dots here? I feel like so many people like undervalue themselves yeah. and what they have to bring to the table and like that's like a big part of my mission with this show too is like trying to like dive in deep and help people like peel the layers back on like their unique talent or like their unique like value add, you know. And so I'm curious when a model or a talent comes through your doors and they don't quite know, you know, what they really offer despite maybe a specific look. Yeah. How do you coach them through that? Because I know you're a big proponent about it being so much bigger than just the look, right? Because that, that's going to like expire one day. Absolutely. So we encourage our talent to be well-rounded, and I try to get everyone into acting just so they can grow as a person. Okay. Um, usually when I see them, I kind of know, oh, I can book you for these gigs. Uh-huh. These are the roles I see you in. But I usually like to hear about their passions and kind of see what they think first. Okay. So passion that's like a loaded topic yeah right like what is my passion a lot of my audience you know they're they're struggling with all these questions especially in today's world with social media we see a lot of different options and we see a lot of people quote unquote having a ton of fun and living these extravagant lifestyles with a lot of different options for somebody that doesn't really know what that passion looks like like what would you say to them you know, and maybe you wouldn't like connect it back to your story. I don't know if you always knew that your passion was, you know, the talent space and helping people. But can you help us kind of get a little bit of additional context there? I would say jump in and try everything. I don't okay. know if you guys have seen that movie, Yes Man, with Jim Carrey. Yeah. But just jumping and trying all the things that you're scared to try. And then you kind of stumble into what feels right. I love it. I love it. That kind of like brings me to like what we're doing today, podcasting. (laughs) I literally travel so much for work and I've had this message on my mind for some time now. And I'm like, I'm always consuming podcasts. Like, why not start one? Like, wouldn't it be interesting to see like if this is sticky or not? And so I just picked up my phone one day and I started doing it. And I was broadcasting to some people and they're like, wow, like you actually like have some interesting things to say. Like you should think about going in a little deeper. And here we are today. You know, it's still very much on the ground level, but I completely agree with that. And so much of it is just taking action, right? Like, people oftentimes want to have it all figured out. Like, did you have all of this figured out as far as Cathexis goes? And like, like, talk to us about that, because I think what you're doing here is very unique. It being talent, but also purpose driven. Was all that like scripted out in your head or did you just kind of figure out as you went? Well, it kind of came to me one day when I was reading the book called The Road Less Traveled. Okay. I was talking about cathexis, and that's when the name of the name for it hit me, and then it kind of started after that. But after I came up with the idea, building the website, yeah. it was such a process to get to the point where we're actually starting to make money. Uh-huh. And yeah, so it's always good to keep a few side hustles while you're getting started. Oh, yeah. So, so what did you do for side hustles to like keep yourself afloat, and how did you manage all of that? 
Because that, that can be difficult for people too, you know? Yeah. So I was a nanny. I modeled. I did bottle service. I got really lucky with that. <laughs> I started doing that when I was 18, so I wasn't even 21 yet. Yeah. But that paid for school. I When I was nannying, I would like take my bike on the light rail and then ride my bike to go nanny. But nannying is like one of the most fulfilling jobs ever. So. Oh, wow. It was definitely. You one. would take your bike on the light rail and then ride how many miles? Um, over kind of like Buckley Air Force Base. Okay. Actually, I'm not even familiar with Buckley Air Force Base. Is that in Colorado Springs? It's kind of like Aurora. Area. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then do your nanny job, watch a couple kids for a few hours. Yeah. Turn around and then work on Cathexas. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. And for a while, I was opening a gym from like 4.30 in the morning to 10. Uh-huh. I would go to school during the day and then I would go work at the hospital at night. So those were pretty long days. My goodness. So this is called the Free Time Podcast, right? And one of the reasons why I named the Free Time Podcast is, in my mind, it's the common denominator with regards to like one asset that everybody has. A lot of people I talk to, you know, have an idea to do something, but they're like, oh, I, I don't have enough capital or I don't have access to the people that can, you know, put me in the right position to like see my plan through and and so free time in my mind is like all right that's like the one non-negotiable that people can't make an excuse around and it sounds like you did a really good job with like literally leveraging yours and like siloing it to sort of manage all these different things talk about how you prioritize that or how you did at least because I think for a lot of people you know they just think of it as like this dead space that like they just have an unlimited supply of but it sounds like you had a crazy sense of urgency. I'm just kind of curious as to how you cultivated that. Yeah. And I think like being efficient with your time, like listening to podcasts is huge. Yeah. I would get jobs like at front desks where I could work on my business on a computer at the same time I was getting paid. So okay. It's just, you got kind of got to be smart about how you manage Yeah. It. I think Tony Robbins talks about that. He has a principle called net time. I don't even know what it stands for, to be honest with you. But it's something to the effect of like no time wasted with regard to like if you're doing something like find a way to be learning or find a way to be like safeguarding your mind. You know, like again, there's so much chaos. There's so much like schools of opinion out there. And I think that's a lot of the reason why like our millennial generation struggles is like they don't really know which way is up. And so it's so important to like find a model or find a mentor and like go all in on their stuff. And then over time, you know, I feel like as you consume more, your mental state starts to sort of shift. You start to like take those actions and things start to blossom for you. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on mentorship. It's something that you focus on here. How important is a mentor to any young person? And, you know, should everybody have a mentor? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I put mentoring into Cathexis. Coming from Utah, I didn't really know what a healthy family looked like until I came out here. Mm. So it's like, how do people know what they're supposed to do if they haven't really seen those positive role models? Yeah. So we really focus on that. So like, what was the defining point? So I, I, you talk about coming from Utah, not really ever having seen that. Like, when did it occur to you that like you have to like go out and find somebody? And, and how did you take that first step? For anybody that is you know, unaware of the importance of mentorship and is now hearing this and thinking, oh my God, 
I need somebody to reach out to. Like, can you kind of like distill that for us a little bit? Yeah. A lot of people, like when you don't get out of your house or your community, you don't know what you're missing out on. Yeah. And for me, when I came to Colorado and it's like, oh, wow, you can like be in a family where they're not fighting all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just get out of your, and even if you do have a great family, it's important to like get into other cultures and uh -huh. see different ways to communicate. And yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, I think, again, I'm just always trying to like see it from both sides of the coin. And I feel like a person hears that and they're like, okay, like, I guess that kind of makes sense. But given that they've been like nurtured in one specific type of environment, that unfamiliar is scary. Yeah. How do you deal with fear? Because you've done a lot that I'm sure was new to you at one point in time. And anytime something is new, there's natural tendency for fear to pop up. How did you continue to push past, you know, regardless? It's just kind of like jumping into a pool. I yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like taking a jump for people who are a little scared. I would say take a friend, take a buddy, go volunteer and just get used to being uncomfortable and in new situations where you have to say hi to people you don't know and mm -hmm. start a conversation, develop those social skills. Yeah. Yeah, I always tell people, I mean, like a great way to practice practice this is like, you know, if you're like out and about, I feel like it's so weird for people to like look at somebody in the eye, maintain eye contact and smile. Like you could just even try to do that. And maybe it feels a little weird. Maybe <laughs> maybe you like tell yourself that like you're creeping them out or something. But like, we know that's not the case. Like it's just a way to, again, to like in a realistic way, start to reinforce the idea of doing something uncomfortable that helps you push through? I think improv classes, like even if you're not interested in the talent industry, yeah. those are the best classes for making you feel uncomfortable. They put you on the spot. Yeah. You have that freedom to be goofy. And if you don't have a correct answer, it's okay. <laughs> Wait, so have you, have you done improv? I went to one class to check it out for my talent and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. I, I, it's so funny. My good friends just came up from Chicago recently, Neil and Marina. They're like a couple and, his girlfriend, Marina, is so hilarious. She's probably one of the most hilarious people I know. And she was just telling me she just started improv in this club in Chicago where actually, like, they go, like, SNL talent yeah. acquisition people go and, like, scout out talent. Yeah. And she was talking about what a safe community it is. Like, like you know, people are always, like, they hear improv, but they're like, I could never in front of strangers, like, put myself out there and just talk about whatever but like she was like uh -uh. like it is such like a safe zone you'd be surprised the people in that community are there to help you grow and give yeah. advice and make you feel safe yeah it's pretty amazing yeah i gotta try it i mean I, i'm a pretty outspoken out there guy but i'm always looking to get better there's certain times where even i still feel very shy and sort of like within myself so i think improv would be like a good way to like break that down a little bit you know what I mean definitely so would you say that Cathexis is more of like a talent staffing company or would you say it's more of like I don't know an incubator for like young professional growth and development because when I read about what you guys do here it seems like you're almost using like the talent side as a way to capture these people but really you're focused on the purpose behind it I'm just kind of curious as to how you envision what you're doing here so we're a talent agency because I want them to make money, but yeah. I, we definitely invest in them from the beginning to kind of get them off their feet and their career going, mm -hmm. like getting them free portfolios to get their profile up and yeah. make money. But yeah. I, we definitely invest in them from the beginning to kind of get them off their feet and their career going, mm -hmm. like 
getting them free portfolios to get their profile up and yeah. get some experience under their belt. Cool, cool. And so you do a lot of like investing in each and every one of these individuals. Yeah. One of like the biggest things that I'm starting to realize is there are a lot of other companies and businesses that employ a lot of people that maybe look like the people you employ or the people that you staff, right? Or that are the, the same age group, young professionals, millennials. Actually, young professionals, millennials, like we essentially like make up the majority of the workforce. I don't know if you're even aware of that, like by and large. And one of the things that I continuously hear from a lot of people is that the organizations they work for, they feel like they're not supported in. You know, They feel like they're just like another quote unquote cog in the wheel towards somebody else's dream. Like, what's like your take on that? Because it seems like you're doing the opposite, and I'm just kind of curious to hear your thoughts and maybe what you would advise corporations to do differently that are employing these people but not really looking at them as, you know, part of the asset that they can continue to scale with. I would recommend that companies hire really engaging managers. Okay, um, engaging managers. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need all those people to do those jobs. Like when I was working in the hospital, like the you know the nine to five, I hated that. Uh huh. But um, we those people are, like Jake says, the ones doing the least are the ones doing the most kind of thing. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So you suggest hiring more engaging managers. Yeah, definitely, right? and providing like. Group, like parties, paying for people's exercise routines so they're taking okay. or like gym memberships. Yeah. Stuff like that. Movement is huge, right? I mean, I just read a book, The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma, talking about how movement decreases stress by like 31% first thing in the morning. So maybe encouraging like their employees to do that. And we obviously know how stressed out like the millennial audience is. So that could be a good thing. And if your employees are healthy, they're going to perform a lot better, too. Totally. And, and like that's the thing, too, that I feel like a lot of organizations maybe aren't aware of is, like, if there's, like, a ton of, like, turn and burn and, like, just retention just sucks, yeah. like, what is that doing for, like, your bottom line? You know what I mean? So wouldn't it make sense to take a little bit of, you know, revenue or, like, frontline profit and start to implement these things for the young people so that they feel more attuned and more engaged in what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And if they're big companies, maybe like let people switch locations so they can experience something new. For yeah. Life. Yeah. So you worked in the hospital while doing nannying, while doing yoga as you were building Cathexis. Yeah. Was your goal always to sort of um, leverage those jobs to fuel your entrepreneurial dream? Was that always like like your your goal? Yeah. Well, okay. well as soon as I started Cathexis, before that, I was going to be a registered dietitian. I went to school for nutrition. Oh, really? Okay. And then in the hospital, it was kind of depressing because I'm telling a bunch of dying people the stuff that they're not allowed to eat. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's like they're already dying. Maybe just let them have that cheeseburger yeah. or whatever. Like if it makes them happy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, when did you know that like? It sounds like that's obviously very gloom and <laughs> depressing. So did you almost know instantaneously, okay, this is not for me despite getting a four-year degree in it? Yeah. Let's see. I worked there for two years. So it was about the second year when I was like, no, I don't think this is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be at a desk for the rest of my life. Wow. And so then once you hit that realization what came next? Like, did you continue to stay in it? Like, did it take you a while to actually do something? Or 
What did that look like? I'm so curious. I used to go uh, host these parties every spring break in South Padre. I did that for a few years. Okay. So I would go live out there for about a month and a half, and all the people from the different states would come out there. Yeah. So they called me, and they're like, do you want to come do this? And I was working at the hospital, and they're like, well, you're going to have to quit your job to go do that because uh-huh. we're not going to give you that much time off. And I had just started Cathexis, so it, it was like just the, in the baby stages, and I just did it. It was like... Awesome. You just said, fuck it. Yeah. I wish more people like could do that. But this kind of like leads me to my next question. Does everybody need to like be an entrepreneur? Like I feel like obviously there's a lot of buzz around entrepreneurship, probably for the autonomy and the freedom, kind of like what you described, right? You wanted to go and do this thing, but your job, you know, sort of handcuffed you based upon the amount of time that they're going to give you. That being said, entrepreneurship, as you know, is a lot of work. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear your school of thought. Like, is everybody up for entrepreneurship? Should everybody be an entrepreneur? I think everybody can be an entrepreneur, but I don't think it's for everybody. Uh-huh. And if it's not your thing, you don't have to do it just because everyone else is doing it. You can be passionate about, like, the job that you go work at and the people you engage with and yeah. the hobbies that you do. There's yeah. other ways to be passionate. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And and I like to shed some light on that because I think there's a lot of uh, PR on entrepreneurship and like, you know, the glam, but a lot of people don't really like discuss like, you know, the like physical, mental and emotional toll it can take, you know, yeah. like the toll on relationships even. Absolutely. And so it's like, if you're going to go and commit to this, you better ask yourself a series of questions to really vet out if that thing that you want to bring into the world is worth all those different like experiences and you know ups and downs that you're gonna go through, it really is kind of like an all or nothing attitude you have to. All or nothing. <laughs> yeah, because if you half-ass it, you're not gonna get anywhere. Yeah, that's true. I think I learned that on my first venture. Like I I I launched an e-commerce business about a year ago, and it was kind of my like first no not really my first entrepreneurial experience probably like my second or third like you know toe in the water and it definitely like you know in hindsight 2020 was like a half ass and i mean i just i can't imagine what i was thinking back then thinking that this thing was going to be successful the way that i was executing it so yeah. it takes a sincere level of commitment and i'm curious like how would you describe that level of commitment that you bring to this place like day in and day out? Like, are you going to bed thinking about cathexis? Are you waking up thinking about cathexis? Like, what is that like for you if yeah, you put it in words? I am. And my poor boyfriend, like, will be in the middle of something and I'm like, wait, hold on. I have, I just got this booking. So yeah. it's, especially in the beginning when you're like starting to get bigger opportunities that like you feel like you can't say no to. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a huge time commitment. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, it's got to be a beautiful thing to see. I mean, like your dreams come alive before you but it's also nice because like you're excited to wake up and jump out of bed opposed Uh to like oh i want to hit snooze because i don't want to deal with this day oh wow that's a good point and i think more people literally on an evolutionary level are craving that like what is that thing that like makes me say fuck the snooze button because like right now they feel victim or they feel trapped by the snooze button you know what i mean I feel like as soon as you can find an authentic way to be a contributing member of, of society, mm. that's like when it will come to you. That's interesting. Authentic way to be a contributing member of society. So does that mean that, you know, because society, it's sort of relative to like where you are 
in the world and what types of events, problems, situations you're seeing around you. So are you suggesting that people be a little bit more attentive yeah. to like what's going on around them? And, and, and if, that's what if that's what you're suggesting, talk a bit more about that because I think there's some gold there. I kind of like <clears throat> to think of it from like maybe a spiritual aspect. Like oh. what, how could I serve this world best uh-huh. um, if my ego, if my ego was out of it? And wow. that can help you get there too. Cause sometimes it's like we want certain things for our ego, but it's not being very productive. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So it, it's almost like shifting the unproductive food that you typically feed the ego and positioning that towards more productive food, AKA thoughts, questions you ask yourself for the ego to like grow into how it can serve you and ultimately the world around you. Yeah. Yeah. So like for an example, like with modeling, I could have been like, Oh, I want to be a famous model or actress. And there was a ton of opportunities, mm-hmm. but like, how could I serve people better? And for me, it was, getting people paid work so they could provide for their families. And that was just my place. That was right for me. So yeah, and everyone's different. Everybody is different. And I think that's like the first thing for people to embrace. Honestly, for people to sort of normalize is like, you know, we tend to want to like be like, uh, what's, what's that saying? Like, you know, birds of a feather flock together or whatever. And it's like, it doesn't need to be like that in the sense of, you know, your unique purpose being unique to you and you finding a way to like, even if it seems unpopular or like if it seems like it's going against the grain, find a way to stay true to that. Yeah. Because that's really where like the fulfillment and those looking for the, the you know, the passion and the purpose, like that's where that thing may be. Absolutely. You know? Like I just always think of like passion and fulfillment as being like this like treasure box, right? That we all have within us. It's up to us. To like, you know, be committed to like going several layers deep with, yeah, with regard to really staying true to who we are, even though it's like, you know, never a linear path and there's, you know, distractions and things that knock you off course, but to like stay on path to like find that key, to earn the key really to like unlock that box. I don't know. That's kind of the way I think about it, but it's it's just all how you want to wrap your mind around it essentially. So you clearly have had to do a lot of things that I'm sure at certain times along your journey were difficult. How do you, because I struggle with this and I'm sure a lot of people do, maybe you've struggled with it. How do you say no to the easy thing? You know, that could be like Netflix and chill with like your boyfriend or whatever and and say yes to the hard thing, knowing that the hard thing is the right thing to do that gets you closer to your potential and purpose. Like how do you find yourself making that conscious decision? I think it's like you kind of have to make a commitment to yourself ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So you can like daydream about it for a second, but you already know that you've made a commitment to yourself that you're going to go to yoga every morning and it's not a conversation to be had. Because when you let yourself have that conversation in your head, like it's an option to say no, you're going to take the easy route. Okay. How can somebody like eliminate the option? I mean, I'm totally following you when you say make the commitment, mm-hmm. but let's be honest. We've, we've, we've all made a commitment and I'm sure we've all broken it, right? Like, you know, this morning I'm going to go run a few miles and then the person looks outside and if you're in Denver, you know, it goes from 80 degrees to 20 degrees and you're like, yeah, maybe I'll start on Friday. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so how does a person develop that like no excuse mentality? I think it's just 
thinking about what you want in the moment and what you want in the long run and writing down your long-term goals. Okay. And then every time you think about it, just remember like what you're fighting for. Yeah. It sounds like, and this is a very popularized term that you're referring to your why. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what, what is your why, if you don't mind sharing? To have the greatest positive impact. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so in, in moments of weakness, you've almost sort of trained yourself to like keep that front of mind. Hey, we're playing for impact. Is, is that what you kind of do? Yeah. And at this point, like we have a few hundred talent. So it's like, it's not about me anymore. It's almost like when you have kids, it's mm. like, you got to be there for other people now. That's interesting. But first you got to be there for yourself. True. So you... That's why some people say kids make them a better person, but yeah, because they kind of have to rise up to that. Right to, the, to that occasion. Yeah, it's like you can't you can't afford to keep on playing small. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful analogy. I like that. And so, what does it mean to like live a purpose driven life for you? Like, how would you sum that up? I know it's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, it is. Loaded. It is. It is. But I, the fact that you're thinking about it and you pause yeah. lets me know that you're getting ready to give us some heat and some fire. So, um, I think that a purpose-driven life, like what is going to make you happy in the long run? Uh-huh. How many relationships and lives can you touch yeah. in a positive way? Um, like, how is this world going to be better when you're gone? Yeah. Wow. Almost like hints of like legacy, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Again, that's why, like, I, I to start off the interview, like, just sort of thought of you as like being very altruistic. Like the way you just answered, those are all elements that are sort of like you know people for focused versus like person focused or like person centric. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's ultimately like what makes us all happy. Like you know, a lot of older people that I've I've had the opportunity to listen to that have amassed and experienced a ton of success, they almost always say that like the material never ever really like satisfied them exactly yeah yeah that it was it was more of like how did their efforts you know at one point in life when they didn't really know how it all come together come together you know based upon that persistence that then impacted somebody else positively which is so beautiful that's so cool and that's another thing too i'm curious to get your thoughts but like one of the things that i do when i feel like i'm personally like struggling in like a certain situation is I do my, my, my best to sort of like pull myself out of the situation and like just like focus on somebody else, like whether it be like volunteer or whether it be like even picking up the phone and just like hitting up a friend and be like, yo, how's your day going? I don't know what it is and I'm curious to hear your thought, but like something about just like not being so focused on yourself just helps things sort of like neutralize. It's so true. Like when I was, I get stage fright. So before I was going to go teach yoga in front of the team, my mom's like, well, you got to get up there and you're not worried about what they think about you. You got to get up there and think, mm-hmm. how can I best help them? And then all of my yeah. nerves went away because you are there to help them. And Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So all those of you listening out there, sometimes all you got to do is just like pull yourself out of the situation and just look around. Maybe there's somebody like literally immediately next to you that like needs your help. You know, maybe that's an opportunity for you to like go approach that person, help them and discover, I don't know, a skill that you have, you know, and then like take that out into the world at scale. And then what does that mean? You know, as far as finding purpose and fulfillment, just an idea. And the gratitude that that brings into your life too. Oh my God, gratitude. So let's talk about gratitude. I just, 
recently started. I think I've always been a, a you know a person of gratitude. I've always I think I'd like to say like taking you know the time to pause and just like reflect on all the good happening. But I've just recently become intentional about writing down like five or six things on a daily basis that like I'm grateful for. How how do you practice gratitude in your life? What is that like for you? I'm just curious. Like way too positive. It's way too <laughs> like, positive. Like if someone says something negative, I'm like, well, at least it's not this. And it's like a coming from a place of gratitude. But I think that's how you can almost always be positive is coming from a place yeah. of gratitude. Yeah. I mean, I think every negative thing, you know, I just don't believe that negative things just happen because, you know, I think in the moment it can definitely be difficult to see a positive or a light at the end of the tunnel, but I just don't like allow myself to like be of the school of thought that like shit is just happening just because it wants to happen to me. Like there's got to be something that I can take from that, yeah. you know, and experience, I don't know, like a change in like my mental like faculty, something that like makes me like improve somewhere in the future. I like so. to say the struggle is the way. The struggle is the way? Yeah. yeah. There's a book called The Talent Code that talks about like musical people and some of the most talented people are the ones that can push themselves to struggle more. So wow. it's like if you can struggle more in life, like you make yourself stronger, you get more grit. And what is that quote again? The struggle successful. is the struggle is the way. The struggle is the way. Wow. Yeah. That that's beautiful because it almost sounds like it's advocating for people intentionally putting some struggle into their lives. Yeah. 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 And I think we hear about this, you know, you hear about like the cold showers. I mean, even like right now, I'm doing something called 75 hard, which it's like two workouts a day, one inside, one outside, and a whole host of other things. And it's a beautiful thing because, man, like I feel myself hitting that resistance every single day at different points. And when I have to like go and like handle these tasks. Yeah. But like I'm at the point now, today's day 38 for me. So I've got like 40 something more days to go. But I'm at the point where like when I feel the resistance, the struggle, I'm almost kind of like playing for future Carl because I've done it enough days now where I know that like it's only like the first couple of minutes that like fucking suck. But like once you get past that and you get in that flow, it's like amazing. You know what I mean? Like you just feel like you showed up for yourself and, and then you do that and you start to get more confidence. And yeah. again, it's all because of that struggle. So that's so cool. When I started playing volleyball, I was like the worst person on the team. Really? But like... I took a basketball and was like, well, if I can get this over the net, then I'll get my serve down. And I did, and it was a lot of practice, but it's like if you can push yourself a little bit harder than you need to, yeah. then you Yeah, that's so, that's so, it's like a great hack yeah. almost. And it's like we, we need to talk more about how doable it is because I know in the beginning it's challenging, and I think that's why you know so few people like get over that, that initial learning curve is that it is difficult, it feels uncomfortable, all these different things, but, like, the body has an ability to adapt. And, and, and more than that, like, you start to, like, see w what more you're playing for that, yeah. like, keeps you rooted. Like, you got to just jump in and fail so you know fail. what it feels like. Yeah. Don't be scared to fail because it's going to happen. It's, like, part of the process. That's where, like, I mean, I, it's been a long time since I've been back in, like, a school, like a grade school or primary school, but I almost sort of hope that, like, somehow in like the curriculum that they're like embedding failure as like a good thing because like you know it's not a good thing growing up like you and I are the same age 
like you remember getting your tests back and being like, oh my god, and like you know, you feel like a shame, you feel like a dunce, or or like raising your hand and then like not making the right answer, and you feel like the whole room's just sort of like looking at you like you're the idiot. So I feel like these things have kind of conditioned our response to like you know run away from failure when really we should be trying to like embrace it. True. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I want to transition. Um, we're coming up on the end of time here, and I want to respect your time. I could literally talk to you all day about this kind of stuff. But we're going into our random round. I call it the free time five, just kind of a fun little few set of questions to kind of get to know you a little bit more. So the first one is, what is your favorite leisure activity to do in your free time? Yoga. Yoga? I don't have a lot of free time, so when I do have free time, I like to take it for myself. Awesome. Yeah. What kind of yoga are you doing? Like vinyasa, slow flow? Like, is there a specific kind I like you really to do enjoy? sculpt. Sculpt, okay. Yeah. I've never tried well, sculpt. It's hot yoga with dumbbells. Nice. So you can like stretch and get shredded at the same time. <laughs> stretch and shredded, baby. That's the way to go. I love it. Um, so what's one choice that you have to make today? Okay, it could be a big choice or a small choice. But one choice that you consciously made that you feel is going to put you closer to your potential? I'm waking up early and getting emails done. Okay. <laughs> is that the first like, thing you did? It's snowing outside. Yeah. I just want to like snuggle up, but I got so much done this morning and it's totally worth it. That's awesome. What time do your mornings typically start? Um, Sometimes they start at four. Sometimes they start at seven. I'm a waitress, so sometimes I get off work at like two or three in the morning. Oh, wow. So yeah, it just depends on the, on, night, on the night before. <laughs> You're literally like living what you, what you preach. That, that's incredible. I love that. So I love this question. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of curious to see your imagination here. So if potential were like a physical destination on a map, like you could put it into Google Maps or, you know, Waze, whatever you use, what would be more fun to you, Linda? Would it be like the drive or the journey there to that destination? Or would it just be just arriving there and just getting it over with? You know, a few years ago, I would have said arriving there. But uh-huh. after like the process of starting this business and everything I would definitely say the journey because every little success is so it's so big yeah yeah like so like let's take a quick little break so talk to me about like one small success that like you just like you know you experience you're like oh my god like this is pretty cool you know for example like this month we've done more business We've done double the business we did last year. Oh, wow. So it's been a pretty big month. And, like, you know, just like one booking can be several thousand. And it's just like, holy crap, I just got all these people jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That feels awesome to be empowering people, like, empower themselves. And I love writing people checks. Oh, my God. (laughs) High five, girl. (laughs) I love writing people checks. If you want some checks, get some talents and come out here to (laughs) Cadexas. I love it. What's your favorite empowering quote that you just lo- you, you'd love to leave the audience with this afternoon? It could be anything. It doesn't have to even be a quote. It could just be something that like maybe you like to keep top of mind whenever. Just something you want to impart. Kind of like that message on the bottom of my email. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hard, hard work when talent fails to work hard. Hard work beats talent when talent fails to, hard, to work hard. I love that. It's kind of like the old story of like the grasshopper and the ant you remember that story Mm-mm. okay so like the ant you know didn't have the talent he can't like run and jump as fast as the grasshopper but like he was always working diligently in like the warm months to like store away for the cold months like a day like today in denver whereas the grasshopper just played and played he had all the talent and he just kind of thought that his talent would like allow him to coast 
until like the cold months came and he saw that he didn't have anything in reserves and he died. <laughs> like wow. that kind of, I, I think that kind of like piggybacks off of what you're saying. Yeah. I love it. So like, what does it mean to you and how do you embody that? Well, I think I got that from sports, like volleyball and basketball. Both when I started, I was like, the, like people didn't even want to be my partner. Okay. <laughs> but the last few games, like I scored the mo- most points. Yeah. And it was just, I realized that it's the work that you put in. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I'm really big on, this takes us to our last and final question. I'm really big on visualization. Like I really feel like all great things, whether it be a company or an organization, you know, an initiative, they all start with like an idea or like a thought, you know, kind of like the old saying, like Rome wasn't built in a day. And so with that, I'm just kind of curious to know, you know, what you're focused on and where you'll be in the next six to nine months. Like, I think there's so much power with like thinking about it and trying to like feel and see it and like having your body actually like put you in action towards that. So you know, I'm your witness. The audience is your witness today. When I follow up with you in six to nine months, and we'll be talking before then, but where are you going to be? And that could be however you, you want to take it, whether it be professionally, personally, whatever. Um, I'll probably be in New York. Okay. So we're working on having offices on the coast so we can do more international stuff. Awesome. But right now we're casting for a show called Adulting on Netflix. It's going to replace Friends. Oh, wow. So They've selected six of our talent so far. Really? And two of them have already done second interviews. So that's I'm, awesome. I'm gonna go out there and help them get settled in, and that's super cool. Yeah. Adulting. So, so six to nine months, you're you're in New York, and adulting is. Will it be already like filmed, or will it be filming? Do you know? We're shooting the pilot in the beginning of 2020. Okay, cool. So. I'm gonna keep an eye out for that. I can't wait. I love to Netflix and chill when I have a little bit of time. So <laughs> I'll put that one in my queue. And then real quick, where can people like follow you in your journey? I don't know where you hang out online, but I would love to like put a link in the notes. Maybe there's some talent out there that's been searching for the right agency and would love to connect with you. So our website is cathexistalent.com. Okay. My email is linda at cathexistalent.com. I'm on Facebook as Linda Nicole. Um, Cathexistalent is on there, Instagram, Twitter. Awesome. Linda, it's been so amazing sitting down with you. Again, I think, you know, you're revolutionizing the talent agency game. Again, I don't know much about it, but I've always just looked at it as as like a world that just like tries to get like the best looking people or the people that can jump the highest and then just says, go, make it happen. But you're actually taking a really person-centric approach that I'm sure your people, you know, absolutely adore and love you for. And that makes them want to go out and pay that for it. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. So there's no better time than the present to get into the arena of your life and to start moving towards your purpose and potential. Peace. Hey, I want to personally thank you again for tuning in. At the end of the day, I really do believe that we're all in this game of life to help one another out. And that the best way we can do this is through sharing our stories more openly and honestly. And so, if you like the show, please take a quick minute to leave us a rating, drop us a review, and subscribe for more. Also, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. Please head over to carlsona.com slash chat. That's Carl with a K, S-O-N-A dot com slash chat to book a 15-minute free Zoom call with me, and I can't wait to see you there.